in my studies, I came across a word that we're going to use tonight in our Bible study. How many have ever heard of the word palliation? Anybody? Good. It'll be something new. I'm going to talk to you tonight for a little bit. Good news for you is I don't know how long my voice will hold out. But I'm going to talk to you for a little bit tonight about the palliation of sin. The palliation of sin. Now, I know you want the definition. It's interesting. It's a medical term, but it also has some, some other things that I want to talk to you about. Palliation deals with patients with terminal diseases who usually need palliation. It's a kind of care that makes you feel better even though it can't cure you. Everybody with me? It makes you feel better, but it don't fix you. Another definition is easing the severity of a pain or a disease without removing the cause or to act in such a way as to cause an offense to seem less serious now i'm going to i'm going to read you some things some scriptures here in a minute you may want to get out your pencil pen and write these down but I want you to realize how important it is for us to be aware of where we are in the time frame of eternity. We are looking and seeing the book of Revelation unfold every day in our lives. We are looking and experiencing a time when I believe that the coming of the Lord could be any day. But I, I want you to realize that the spirit of the age, the spirit of the age says, leave me alone, let me do my own thing. Let me live like I want to live, but when I die, I want to go to heaven. Our Focus 52 this week, the title of it is Justifying the Wicked and Condemning the Just are an Abomination. It's what the scripture said. Albert Einstein said this. 
The world will not be destroyed by those who do evil, but by those who watch them without doing anything. Now, I just want you to realize tonight as a child of God, I'm just going to talk to you tonight because I really do believe that we are, I I, I prophesied to you Sunday night, I preached to you Sunday night that we're living in a very critical time. We're living in a time where we're about to be tested like we've never been tested. Now, I know some of you don't believe that. What do you mean, Bishop? Well, if you really believed it, you'd be praying more than you've ever prayed before. If you really believed it, you'd be trying to win every loved one that you know to keep them from going to hell because the Lord is getting ready to come. I... I, I don't want to sound like a prophet of doom tonight, but I'm going to tell you it's going to get worse before it gets better. But there's one thing that I know. Peace comes from the hand of God being on our lives. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life if you know God is in control. But I want to tell you that the closer that we get to the coming of the Lord, the Bible said the day would come that there was going to be a great falling away. That Jesus even said it this way. He said, when I come, will I find faith in the earth? So apparently there was something that as he looked into the future, there was something that apparently was going to happen that would put true Christians And saints of God at the brink and the point of making a decision whether you were going to do it right or do it your way. But there's one thing that I I very strongly felt in my spirit. I spent a lot of the day in my office today and I felt very strongly in my spirit that there is now more than ever no room for compromise. There's no room for soft-soaking this. There's no room to try to make folks believe there's an easier way. And it's time that we understand as children of God that the ministry is not our enemy, but the ministry is our friend. And when the ministry, whoever it is, evangelist, teacher, pastor, prophet, whoever it is, 
when they speak the word of God to us, we have to know that it's the love of God that's reaching for us to try to make us understand right is right and wrong is wrong and you've got to do what's right if you want to make it to heaven. Now, listen to the scripture. I'm, I'm fixing to go through a bunch of scriptures. I probably should have had a scripture reader tonight. But nevertheless, Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 24. He that saith unto the wicked, Thou art righteous, him shall the people curse. Nations shall abhor him. Proverbs 28 and 4. They that forsake the law praise the wicked. But such as keep the law contend with them. Let me read that again. They that forsake the law Praise the wicked. But such as keep the law, contend with them. Isaiah 5 and 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Ezekiel 13 and 22. Because with lies you have made the heart of the righteous sad. Whom I have not made sad. And strengthened the hands of the wicked. That he should not return from his wicked way by promising him life. And then finally, Malachi 2 and 17. You've wearied the Lord with your words, yet you say, wherein have we wearied him? When you say, everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delighteth in them. Or where is the God of judgment? And New Testament, one scripture, Romans 1 and 32. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. I think in the last year... We begin to see, and it is being revealed to us on a daily basis, those that are with us and those that are against us. Those that would love to see this church completely shut down and her voice silenced, and those that would say, no matter what happens, the church will never be silent and the church will never be closed and the church will never be shut down.
I, I was thinking today, as I was sitting at my desk, we live in a marshmallow world. What do you mean by that, Bishop? Sadly, that has spilled over into the church. You know, I, I was thinking this year, this year I will have been in the church 50 years. And Brother Joe, I remember when the preacher preached. And you weren't on your cell phone. You weren't distracted by other things. In fact, I've been called down a few times for passing notes. Now you think you're sneaky because you can text it. But I remember when the preacher preached and folks believed it. And if he said you were going to hell... If you didn't change, you changed. Now, if the preacher tells you you're going to hell for doing whatever you're doing, you fix it by going to another church that'll let you do what you're doing. Everybody with me? I'm talking about Trying to somehow make somebody feel good about what they're doing even though it's not ever going to cure them. Marshmallow world. No one wants to be corrected. But we want to be coddled and told everything is alright when it isn't alright. If everything was all right, watch me here. If everything was all right, there would be no need for the church. If everything was all right, there would be no need for the fivefold ministry. Now, I do realize, you know, it's incredible to me that folks get upset because they feel like the church is being intrusive in their life. But don't say anything about the rest of the world that's intruding in every aspect of your life. I'm talking about... You may not believe this. You may not believe this. But the enemy of your soul has customized many churches to fit any lifestyle you'd like. Why? I've seen pastors, not personally on, on the internet, of course. I've seen pastors with a cigar hanging out of their mouth. Trying to tell folks how to get to heaven. Th 
waters that approve, so shall drink it. As long as you don't imbibe too heavily, it's all right to get together with your brothers and sisters, have a little wine for the stomach's sake. Of course, there are pastors that say it doesn't matter where you go in the world, what activities you participate in, you just keep coming to church, paying your tithe, and you're going to be all right. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I know I'm old school, but I'm just going to tell you something. This is how seriously I take this job, this calling that I have. I want you to understand from your bishop's heart that I'm not willing to put my stamp of approval on anything that might put your soul in danger. Now watch this. Because if I put my stamp of approval on it, guess what? When we get to heaven and the Lord says, you can't come in, guess what? Your blood is going to be on my hands and I'm not willing to take that chance. I was described a few nights ago. They were honoring me at camp. I was described a few nights ago as being passionate. In my ministry. Well, I think that means you scream a lot and your face gets red and you turn blue and you look like you're mad when you're preaching. I get all that. But you've got to understand something. Hell is forever. And when folks walk through those doors, it may be the only chance that we have to reach into the jaws of hell and pull them out of the fire of hell. And whatever it takes to make that happen, I realize not everybody has to preach like me. Not everybody has to scream like me. I understand all of that, but I'm going to tell you something. I refuse, I refuse to tell folks they're all right when they're living against the Word of God they're walking contrary to the leading of the Spirit of God. I cannot do it. Let's talk about the church just a minute. How important is the church? This is what the writer in Hebrews said. Chapter 10 and verse 24. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to whatever you want to do. Good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now watch this. We, we, we usually quit right there. But look at the next, next verse. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, 
there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. What's what the writer does? He ties our assembling ourselves together. And so much the more as you see the day approaching with living righteously. Right, living righteously means just doing the right thing the right way. If you sin willfully, he said. You know, one of the saddest, the saddest thoughts to me in the world is for an apostolic to be lost and go to hell. There's nobody on this earth that has the revelation of the true gospel. It's been preached to us, taught to us. We've been loved through it. We've been corrected through it. Yet, there are those that know what's right, yet choose to do wrong. I'm not talking about folks out in the world. I'm talking about in the church. I'm trying to help you. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to be critical to you tonight. But I want you to know it does us no good to doctor you up and make you feel good about yourself if you're going to go to hell. And then, what about the ministry? Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Oh, wait, I I thought they were just there to preach to us. That's not what the Word of God says. It says for the perfecting of the saints... For the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into Him in all things which is the head, even Christ. Now, we live in an age where Identity or identification is a buzzword. 
They say that if you feel like a woman and you're a man, but you want to identify as a woman, you can identify as a woman. I think I read the other day, now there's, a, if I'm not mistaken, 111, 111 different identifications sexually. You think we don't live in a messed up world? But my point in all of that is, is I need to see who identifies yourself as apostolic tonight. Now watch this. I, 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 know, I know this is a little different for me, but I, there's two reasons. I can't scream. And I want you to get this. Because in the days to come, in the days to come, it shall require of you a walk with God like you've never had before. It's going to be more than just a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night relationship. I, let me, I know this is hard for us to fathom, even though we went through it for 50-some days. What are, you, what are you going to do in your relationship with God if somehow they come for us and say... You can't go through those doors anymore. What are you going to do? Woo. Can you make it? Watch. As an apostolic, you, you told me you identified as an apostolic tonight. As apostolic Christians, we must be pursuing a closer walk with God and His Word. A man of God that will not look you in the eye and declare your sin cannot be worth his salt. Oh, but Bishop, you, you don't have to be so, you don't have to be so hard. Have you, have you noticed, have you noticed in the world what the world has done to people? Have you noticed what people in the world look like? Have you noticed what hell has done to them? Really? Have you looked into the eyes of of people that have been dictated to by hell and by sin and by satanically driven, have you noticed what hell has done to them? I, 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 want, us to, I want us to realize where we are tonight as people of God. We have such great opportunity before us, before the rapture, to get ourselves ready, 
and to help those that we love get themselves ready. Yet, yet the spirit of the age would have us to gravitate toward that that's been so destructive, that has devastated families, that has devastated lives individually and collectively to the place that if you were to see their pictures 25 years ago or 30 years ago and put them beside them today, they are irrecognizable because of what hell and the world has done to them. So what are you saying, Bishop? I'm trying to tell you that if we coddle you, if we make you feel like it's okay to be just a little bit off here or a little bit off there, it's okay if you just want to dabble here or dabble there. If we do that for you, then what's going to happen is, first of all, we're going to be in trouble with God because the Bible said, I read it to you in the first scripture that we read to you, it's an abomination to God to tell the wicked you're all right. But what we're going to do is if we keep doing that for you, we're just going to let you gravitate to the very thing that has destroyed so many. And so, we, we live in a time that it couldn't ring any more true. Silence is acceptance. Listen to me right here. I, I know we got some new babies and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And we try to be wise serpents and gentle as doves and we don't want to hurt anybody and run anybody off. But I'm going to tell you something. At the time when this church quits preaching holiness standards, we won't have holiness standards. What do you mean, Bishop? Now, I hope I don't get in trouble with the pastor. If I do, I'll pull the dad card. The Bible still says a woman is supposed to have uncut hair. The Bible still says that men are supposed to be men. A woman's not supposed to wear that that pertaineth to a man, and a man's not supposed to wear that that pertaineth to a woman. The Bible still says, come out from among them. Who's them? The world. Come out from among them and be ye separate. You mean, Bishop, to be saved, I got to be a weirdo? Weirdo is subjective. I'm going to tell you something. I'd much rather y'all look like you do 
and be weird than to look like some folks that I see in the world. Now, I know they got souls and they got to be saved. And I don't have to go very far just down here to Walmart and realize how blessed we are. I'm not being hurtful or harmful, please. But at that moment in this church that we quit preaching right and wrong, then we will, we will see manifested in the congregation things that are wrong. And the right disappear. Everybody got that? You understand what, what I'm telling you tonight is that I believe, I believe this so strongly. Brother Haney, I believe that what you and me believe is what's going to get us to heaven. I don't believe there's anything else that's going to get us to heaven than what you and me believe is apostolics. I, I don't, I'm sorry, I, I, you, you changed my mind. Changed my mind. I still believe it takes repentance. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And the infilling of the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking in other tongues. I believe that's the first step in being saved. But there's something different in being saved and staying saved. And to stay saved... The Bible said this, that old things are passed away and all, everybody say all, all things, this isn't in my notes, I don't know where this is coming from, but all things have become new. You know what that means? When your friends haven't seen you in five or ten years and they see you on the street, they look at you and say, my, my, what's happened to you? You don't look like you used to look. Now, you can't convince me, God, I don't know where this is coming from, but you can't convince me from Old Testament to New that there were not and are not identifying traits and marks in the people of God. You can pick them out of a crowd. Somebody said, well, you know, man looks on the outside, God looks on the heart. I love that. I love that. That's right. So what they see on the outside knows what's on the inside. What are you talking about? The palliation of sin. If I know you're sinning, if I know you're sinning, and I don't do something about it as a man of God, guess what? You and me both are in trouble.
you know what? I didn't ask for this job. But I've got it. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm not going to hell over you. And I'm not going to let you go to hell. So, if you ask me or not, I have a responsibility to you as the man of God in your life to say, listen, I see you headed down a road that's not a good choice for you. It's not a good idea for you. The best thing you can do is to turn, repent, make your way back to God, and do what you know to do. Where's all the mamas in here? Mamas, wave your hands right now. Come on everywhere, mamas. Let me ask you something. Y'all have children, your mamas. Any of you ever seen a time in your life when you didn't know if your child was doing right or doing wrong? Why is that? Because there's something built in humanity. We're created in the image of God. And there's something innately inside of every human being that knows what's right and what's wrong. And it is accentuated when you repent of your sins and you're buried in Jesus' name and you're filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a revealer to you. The Holy Ghost is the check light system in you that says that's wrong, that's not right. I got this little doohickey. When my engine, my little trouble light comes on in my car, I got this little thing that I can stick in a little plug underneath the dash and it'll say, reset. It'll tell me, Brother Jim, what's going on. And if it says, it don't hurt the mechanical part of it, then I'll just push the reset button. Now one of these days, that yellow might turn to red. I don't know. But I just reset it. Watch me right here. When the trouble light comes on in your life, the only way to reset it is to find an altar somewhere and get back on the right path. But, but if we go through the palliation of sin, and I know you're doing wrong, and I just cuddle you and coddle you, oh baby, it's okay. You can do better. And I don't tell you that you need to turn around and leave that alone. You're going to die and go to hell. And I'm going to be responsible for that. You get that? I, I want you to realize. I, I'm trying I'm, I'm, I'm try to finish, but we, we're, we're living in a time. We're living in a time that we can't afford. We can't afford to lighten up. You get that? We, we, we can't afford. We need men of God that are unafraid to make a difference between the wicked 
and the just. We need a generation of people that will live right and shun the wrong. If we make it to heaven, it will be because we choose right. I, I want to reiterate to you one more time here tonight. I am not your enemy. I am the lover of your soul. I want you to know I don't want you to go to hell. And if I sound an alarm from the pulpit or I look you in the eye and I tell you that's not what you need to do. That's not where you need to go. There ought not be something that rises up in you that says, well, who do you think you are? Matthew 7 and 13. Somebody said it doesn't make any difference. You can just do whatever you want to. You're going to make it to heaven. Well, let's see what the Word of God says. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree, watch this now, every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. I'm about to throw you out a little warning here because there's a move afoot and you need to be aware of it. I'm sure that some of you have already been approached or tried to be influenced by it. But I want you to listen to me right now. I just read you a scripture about 
sheep in wolves' clothing. There's going to be a call that comes to you. You're going to be approached in the last day by those that will tell you that all of those things that you do in the apostolic church are not necessary. And that if you'll come over here, we'll let you do what you want to, we'll use you, and you can still be saved. Well, I don't know, Bishop. You folks live it pretty straight. You're right. You're right. You want to know why? I just read you a scripture. I I just told you. By the word of God. If it's popular... And the masses are flocking to it. It's probably not right. If it looks like the world. If it acts like the world. If it talks like the world. It's worldly. You can fill up a building believing anything. But one day, the buildings will be gone. And the only thing that will matter is that you have lived justly in obedience to the Word of God and been led by the Spirit to live godly In this present world. Now. I know this. This might be a little distressing. But when we all. Get that call. The trumpet sounds. The Bible said he's coming back after a bride. That's made herself ready. Watch me. Whose robe is without. Or. You know what that tells me? He's coming back after something that's pure. He's not coming back after something that's worldly. You read your Bible. And any time. His people became worldly minded. He destroyed them. He's not coming back after a worldly church. He's not coming back after a church that's been coddled and told you can live any way you want to live and still be saved. It ain't the Word of God. And it ain't going to cure you if you live like the world. 
The only way to get better, the only way to get righteous is to submit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and let Him be the Lord of every part of your life. Lord on your job, Lord in your school, Lord in your relationship, Lord in your finances, Lord in every aspect of your family, Lord of all. And if he's Lord of all, he's coming back to get you. But he's a jealous God. And he won't share his love with anyone else. Final scripture. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. That's the bottom line. And if you're looking for a spiritual nursery, you'll find that somewhere. What do you mean, Bishop? If you're looking for somebody that'll pat you on the head, pat you on the back, tell you everything's all right, when in your own spirit you know it's not right, but somehow you justify it because somebody put their stamp of approval on it. Solomon said, He that justifieth the wicked, and he that condemneth the just, even they both are an abomination to the Lord. I've got good news for you. The Lord will keep the devourer from us. But we cannot go along with the plan of the wicked. They seek to destroy righteousness. We've got to stand for truth and be the light in darkness. I, I, I want to ask you this question as I close. What kind of a friend do you love? What kind of a friend do you love? Do you love a friend that even though he or she sees you doing something that they know is detrimental to your life and to your future. They tell you it's okay. Or do you love the kind of friend that will look you in the eye and say, you know what, I love you.
But if you continue to do what you're doing, this is going to destroy you. That's the kind of friend I want. I, I, don't, I don't want anybody. I don't want anybody soft-soaking this for me. I want somebody to look me in the eye. And you know what? I've got a friend in Jesus. He doesn't pull any punches. And you can, you can talk about all the love and mercy. And, and he is that. But I'm going to tell you, he's just as much a judge as he is love and mercy. And if you cross him, if you cross him, he's not going to pat you on the head and tell you it's all right. You know what he's going to do? He's going to send you conviction. He's going to keep you awake at night. He's going to deal with you in your life until you turn it around and you make it right. Stand with me. The palliation of sin. Treating something I like that last definition. To act in such a way as to cause an offense to seem less serious. Folks, there's not anything worse than going to hell. And let me, if you're a new baby here, let me just say this to you, and I say new baby respectfully. I'm not talking down to you. If you're a new baby here, let me just tell you, if you got any questions, just ask. Just ask. We're not trying to hurt you. We're trying to get you to heaven. That's our goal. That's why we do all of this that we do. We're trying to get a church ready to go to heaven. That's all we want. Lord, thank you for speaking to me today. God, I hope that your word has gone forth just like you gave it to me today. I pray, God, that it take root in the hearts of your people. God, that we stand stronger than we've ever stood. That we be unafraid, God to look sin in the eye and refuse it. That we refuse to be influenced by outside sources that are contrary to your word, to our man of God and to your spirit. God, that we be led by the Holy Ghost that you put down inside of us. God, help us to stay on that straight and narrow road. Don't let us get caught up in that broad way that leads to destruction. Because above all else, we must be saved. Go with us from this place. Bring us back again to worship you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.